Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which hosts my members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that are completely aligned with their goals. We're back. This is technically season three. I know we've been going for so many years. Um, But if you remember, back sometime closer to the start of 2021, I decided to shake things up a bit and do seasons rather than just going every single week and not breaking it up. So this is technically season three, even though we've been going for quite some time. I think I've been running my podcast on and off maybe since 2017. So it's been going for a very long time. And if you do want to listen to everything that's already happened, you can go back through and listen to my back catalogue. That's absolutely fine. There's one thing I need to tell you about before we get started today. And that's on Monday, the 26th of July at 6.30pm British summer time, I'm going to be doing a live webinar called How to Search and Successfully Buy Your Next Investment Property Without Throwing in the Towel. Yes, even in this overhyped market. We're going to go through how to find properties that you should be offering on, how to position your offer for success, and what to do when your offer gets declined how to create a deal pipeline so that you always know where your next investment is coming from and how to build resilience so that you never give up. If you want to come and join me live, all you need to do is head to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash July 2021. I will put the link below so that you can click on that and come and join me live. I'd be really excited to see you there. Okay, so again, this season, I'm mixing things up again. I got such positive feedback from the day in the life of a surveyor, although this time I'm shaking it up a little bit. And what I've done is I've gone into my members club and I have asked my members now to call in and tell me about a day in the life of a property investor, right? I think this is going to be a lot of fun. My clients are at different stages of their investment journeys. They can interpret how they spend their day and tell you whatever they think is really important. So I'm hoping that you are going to get a lot out of it. So without further ado, I'm going to go over to Simon, one of my members, to let him tell you about day in the life of a property investor. And when we come back, I will talk to you about everything that has been going on recently. Okay, Simon, over to you. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hi, my name is Simon Gallot and I started in property investment in 1994. Here's my property story. I became an accidental landlord as my first purpose-built two-bedroom flat in Westcliff in Essex near to the Cliff Pavilion near the seaside became too small for me after I met my wife-to-be, so I decided to rent it out as I'd only just bought it. I managed to rent this property for the last 27 years uh, with very few empty voids, empty periods. 
Um, I have a mixture of uh, residential and commercial properties in Essex and Norfolk. Uh, these include uh, purpose-built flats, um, a four-bedroom house, and a 5,000-square-foot warehouse, plus an office. I also have a three-bedroom semi on the Isle of Wight. These are all single-let properties, as I like the idea of being free as possible to run my main business, which is a poster advertising company. I invest for positive cash flow and hope the properties will increase in the long term. Rather than give you my average day, I thought it would be more useful to give you some tips and processes that I use. I have all of my tradespeople and my whole team as contacts in my iPhone. If I get a call from a tenant who has a problem, say a leak, I simply give the relevant tradesperson, my plumber, a call, explain to him what's wrong, and he takes the contact details from me, which I can either WhatsApp or text over to him, and leave him to call the tenant to arrange a time to visit. He does the work, and I simply pay the bill. This works well, so I've built up good contacts and have a good, solid trust base with my team. I use the Outlook feature for my gas and electricity checks and tenancy end reminders. I use a monthly spreadsheet to keep check of all of my rents coming in and also list all of my expenses. I use comparable data to increase rents when the tenancies are due. But I always keep the rent slightly under market value to help ensure I keep long-term tenants. I generally use white emulsion paint so there isn't an issue regarding touch-ups when a tenant leaves. I like to exclude washing machines from my responsibility as they generally go wrong, but this is only possible with non-integrated machines. I use a letting agency on a find-only basis where they have all the hassle of checking the tenant out, doing credit checks, social media background checks, contacting previous landlords, all that type of thing, and then checking the tenant in and doing the inventory. So this leaves me free to run my main business. So there you have it. Why do I invest in property? Well, I like the idea of a positive cash flow, uh, a legacy for my son, and to supplement my income when I become retired. Hope the uh, information I'm sharing today is of use. Many thanks, Simon. I don't know about you, but I really do think that the property market as a whole has gone into overdrive over the last couple of weeks. It has been so incredibly busy. And when I say busy, I know a lot of people mean busy as if they're running around like headless chickens. I mean deals coming to the market, flying back off again, and us having to act really, really quickly. If you didn't know what I do, I Run the Members Club as our core service. That's where you get to come and uh, meet Team NCRE. We work with you to build your strategy. We find out about you and we work with you on everything that 
um, you want to achieve in property. Now, if you need a bit of an extra help or support, we do do one-to-one asset management, but that is only a service that we offer current members. We don't offer any um, anybody outside of the members club just because we feel that we need to get to know you. And it's not always right to have that service, right? You don't always need that one-to-one service, especially if you're doing things on your own and things are going okay. So I have then two tiers of clients. I have one-to-one clients we work really closely with. Uh, We would often offer on deals for them. We would do all of the deal analysis, uh, make sure that we're speaking to the agents, make sure we're liaising with solicitors. And then we have our members club clients who we advise how to do that. And we help them do that. Now, in this month, so July, we've challenged all of our clients to try and make offers on at least one property. And the reason that we are doing that is because if you want to buy property, you have to be offering on property. You can't expect to put property in your property portfolio if you're not offering on it. And one of the things that's been really frustrating is last week alone, we had five of our clients be gazumped on properties. Now, out of those five, I'm pleased to say one of those properties came back around and our client got the property at the original price because the other party who gazumped them turned out they weren't worth what they said that they were worth. They didn't have the money. They didn't have the ability to get up and do whatever it was that they said that they were going to do to move forward on the property. And so (laughs) that property fell back into our client's hands. But the other properties, yeah, they were gazumped on. That's frustrating. But on the flip side, there's plenty of our clients who are going under offer on properties right now, but you do have to be moving quickly. One thing is for certain, in this market, if you are offering on a property, you have to be prepared to move quickly. I mean it really, really quickly. That's not to say that you don't have to do your due diligence. What I'm telling you is if you put in an offer, you need to let the other side know which solicitor the uh, you're using, which broker you're using, and what you plan to do next. Are you planning on getting building surveys? In which case, what date is that happening? Let the other side have as much information as you possibly can. Because once you've given them that information, it shows that you're pretty much, you know, you're, you're determined to make it work. So please, if I could give you one piece of advice in this market, that is it. So we need to be moving quickly, people, um, on properties that you want to offer on and offer a reasonable price. You don't have to offer asking price, but offer a reasonable price. And you can even tell the agent or tell the seller why you're offering that price. Be honest about it because that way they can see where you're getting your valuation from, why you're valuing it that way and go from there. So that's that's how I would operate in the market right now. So let me tell you some of the things that I have been up to recently. So when I left you a couple of weeks ago, before I took a break, I was moving forward with a commercial property purchase. I am still moving forward with that commercial property purchase. 
albeit a little bit slowly, commercial seems to take a little bit more time. So the deal is a fully 100% re retail property in Barnstable, North Devon. <gasps> I can hear you exclaiming, Natasha, why would you be buying out there? Well, it fits my, uh, it fits what I'm doing. I wanted a minimum of a 9% gross yield. I wanted it to be on a train line and I wanted it to be somewhere where the government are loaning high street funds. Oh, it's high street relief funds, is that it? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I also wanted it to be a, t a property with a couple of years left to run on the lease. The tenant had to be a secure tenant um, so there needed to be a guarantor in place or a deposit so that I had security and the tenant had to be up to date with the rent at the time of purchase, which thank goodness these tenants are. Now, if you remember previously, I'd had the surveys done building. I had a structural engineer survey. Why I picked that over a building survey is because this is a full repairing and insuring lease. So the tenant has responsibilities for everything. However, chances are they don't have any responsibility whatsoever for inherent defects. That's a side note. If you are buying a commercial property and you think that a tenant is liable for everything, chances are in that lease there is an inherent defect clause which prevents the tenant from being liable to anything that was inherently wrong with the building prior to them taking occupation. Now, that includes the roof and the structure. And what I'd noticed from the previous inspection of this property and the photos that I'd seen is that I thought the roof was in pretty bad condition. So, and also there was exposed beams. It's a great two listed property, you know, so that anything could be wrong with it. So the building survey that I used suggested that I actually get a structural engineer and ask the structural engineer if there was anything structurally wrong with the roof. So structural engineer went out and to my absolute relief, he came back and said, Natasha, you're fine. Um, all the damp stains here are really old. Roof's watertight. Although there's cracks in the wall, it doesn't look like it's movement. It's just a really old building. This building was built sometime at the end of the 1700s, I think. So it's old, right? Old buildings move. Um, it's not the original roof, thank goodness. So it's not as if I've got a 300 year old roof on there. Um, it's newer than that. But again, old building. These are the things that we have to contend with. And again, you might be thinking, I would never buy, buy a grade two listed property. Why not? It's part of British history. I love them. I'm an actual sucker for grade two listed buildings. All of my properties bar one. No, yeah, bar one. Bar one is grade two listed. So there we go. So the next step um, after getting the structural survey, everything was good to go. The offer was accepted. It was fine. Um, it's now lending time. And I must admit that getting lending on this tiddler of a unit is proving tough. So I'm funding the deposit in the interim with Just Cashflow, who are taking second charge on two of my other properties. And that is just because 
one of those properties has a remortgage due in November, which would fund the deposit of the, the commercial property. Um, but because we're in July, there are a couple of months, there may be a couple of months overlap. So I thought I'd just get, you know, a bit of cash flow in case I needed to bridge that gap. So just cash flow are lending me or giving me a overdraft facility of a hundred thousand pounds that's cost me three thousand pounds up front 550 pounds solicitors fees and that's that usually they would charge a valuation fee but if you were listening previously they said that they would trust my valuation and then it's going to be 1.5% per month for anything that I borrow. So it's expensive. This is not cheap lending. It's expensive. It literally is to bridge a really short gap before my refinance goes through on one of the flats. Okay, so do not use this long term. It's not a long term solution. It's just to give you cash flow as and when you need it. You need an exit. You have to be able to get out of this because Nobody wants to be sat on lending that's 18% a year. That's disgusting. Right, so that's all fine. That's currently with my solicitor, just looking over it, making sure that uh, we can get the second charge on two of my properties. Fabulous. Next challenge, getting long-term finance on this property. I am purchasing it for £165,000. Okay, £165,000 which isn't a lot of money. And therefore, banks don't want to lend on it. Commercial lenders don't like lending on anything under £200,000. And I mean, they don't want to go near it. The only bank at the moment that will look at it for a 70% loan to value is Shawbrook. And over the last 24 hours, they've put their interest rates up by a percent. Ugh. <laughs> Literally, when the broker sent that through to me this morning, yesterday it was at 6.44. Bearing in mind that's come up from 5.69, but Shawbrook are the only banks lending on this type of commercial at the moment. As of today, the date that I'm recording this, tomorrow it might all change because apparently this stuff is changing overnight at the moment. But there we go. So yeah, yesterday what was it? 6.44 today, 7.29. But here's the other thing. This is a long-term play. Now, I'm lucky I'm in my 30s. I don't need the money coming out of this right now. The reason I think it is such a good deal is because the rent on this property 12 months ago was £30,000 instead of £15,000. But because of COVID, the landlord was losing money because the previous tenant's lease had come to an end or they'd gone bankrupt. Uh, I can't remember. I don't have my notes right here. But anyway, that is what had happened. So then the landlord couldn't let it during COVID because of the lockdowns. And then just to get a tenant in, he accepted whatever rent he could possibly get. 
um, at the end of last year and then decided to sell it, right? So by slashing the rent in half, he's halved the value of the property, which makes me think that in five years time after I, after this lease comes to an end, I could do up the second floor, which is currently out of use because the current tenant doesn't need it. And I've got offices in the upper floors, which means that I can increase the rent, which means that in five years time, the rent will go through the roof, which means that I could probably get this property up to around a 250 to 300,000 valuation. In which case, I've made a lot of money on the property and therefore, if I have to take a hit at this disgustingly grim interest rate, I will do it for the sake of making money in five years time. That's the only thing I can hope for. That's kind of cheering me up this afternoon whilst I'm recording. I've had to write that out so many times. It's still a good deal, right? I'll still be netting 600 pounds a month, 550 a month, something like that. You know, it's not really bad, is it? I'm now thinking about it again. No, it's not. I This is a long-term investment. So this is for five years time. It's not really for today. I'm buying it low with the idea of it going up in value over the next five years. And yes, I am taking a bet. It is a risk. It is a huge risk. But it's not the end of the world. How much am I putting into it? 50k? Yeah. It's fine. I'm, I'm just... Nothing is in my gut at the moment tells me to pull out of this deal. It just means that I hope I don't wake up tomorrow and then they say 8% lending. <laughs> I'll be like, for the love of God, no. So anyway, that's where we are right now today. It's in solicitor's hands. Everything's going through. I've spent money on it. We might as well keep this, the wheels turning on this one. Um, and then I am actively looking for another one. I'm going to be looking for investors for this portfolio. Um, so that is something that I will be talking about at some point. Right now, today, I don't need investors. I'm just shuffling my money around. But at some point, I will be looking for investors who potentially want to take a first charge and lend over um, these tiddly commercial properties. Um, you might be listening to this and think, oh, you know, I've got a bit of SAS finance that I or SAS funds that you want to lend or, you know, that kind of thing, good interest rates and you get first charge of the property. But anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we get there today. I'm not thinking about it, but that's where I'm going with it. So I'm going to keep you updated with that portfolio as I go. It's been something that I've kind of been working on in the background. It takes me roughly, depending on the day, it could take me, I don't know, 20 minutes to an hour. So with property investment, you still have to clear the decks. I, today, because of all the phoning backwards and forwards of my mortgage broker, that was an hour this morning, roughly, where I wasn't getting anything else done. So I had to move meetings this afternoon, which I don't like doing, but at the same time, priorities, right? Priorities, really important that I get that done. So there we go, that's commercial property portfolio. Number two, buying out the head lease of this flat in London is slowly but surely coming on. So 
had another off the record conversation with the property managers and we've got a price for how much each flat would need to pay so it's going to be before between 4000 to 6000 pounds per flat to buy out the head lease which is great actually if you think would go from 100 year leases to 999 year leases fantastic i would pay 6000 pounds for that all day any day now legals for both us and the head lease holder plus the surveyor fees will come out at about £2,000 per flat because we're splitting all the costs. So with that, you know, six, £8,000? Hell yeah, I'm paying that. One of the biggest issues that I've had is trying to get the other leaseholders on board because they think they'll just deal with it when the lease runs down. Well, I tell you other leaseholders, if I own the head leasehold at that point, it will be more difficult. You might as well just get on board right now. The next step in that is that our solicitor has opened up a account for us. Everybody who wants to come in and buy the head leasehold is going to have to sign a participation agreement and pay £1,000 up front, which will cover the cost of fees. What I'm hoping to then do with everybody's permission is instead of everybody paying the £6,000, right? Because I'm pretty sure that most people at the moment don't just have £6,000 in their pockets, especially if they're not investors. So in our sinking fund for the service charge, there is about £80,000. I am going to try and take the cost of buying the head leasehold out of the sinking fund and then just get the head leaseholder to refund us the rest back. That is my plan. Should we see if that works? I don't know if it's going to work yet. Um, but I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it because I don't think the head leaseholder wants to manage this property at all anymore. They certainly don't seem willing. They don't seem capable either. So it's just going to be a case of making sure that everybody's on board, everybody agrees to what has to happen going forward. And all the leaseholders listen. That's the one thing that is so frustrating. If I, I don't remember if I told you the story about the last leaseholder meeting that happened, but I wrangled a lot of leaseholders together on Zoom. And at one point, one of the leaseholders stood up and started ranting about anti-vaxxing. And at that point, I was like, F you all, I'm out. I literally don't have time for it. You should see the amount of time it takes us to get all of these leaseholders together to actually talk to us and then for her to stand up and start telling everybody that they shouldn't get vaccinated because it was the government's way of euthanizing people. What on earth? So I also have to deal with crazies, right? I have to deal with crazy people who see a platform and stand on it. Essentially, I ended up saying to her, I don't care whether you get vaccinated or not. All I care about at the moment is buying this head leasehold and getting out of this situation that we're in at the moment because I can't deal with the 10 to 20 emails that are coming through a day. She then tried to send me all of this government knowledge that she thought she'd found. I said, if you try and do that again, I am 
not going to help you in any way by the head leasehold. You can just be excluded. I'm so fed up of this. Keep your opinions to yourself. All we're discussing is buying the head leasehold. I don't care about your personal views. <sighs> Sometimes when you're trying to get deals done, you have to deal with people. And people are people. It's what I'm learning. That really is what I'm learning. Finally, in final news, I just opened up my Airbnb again in Bath and got booked out for August, which is pretty exciting. I had originally booked for a property manager or employed a property manager to look after the flat because I am never in the country. The US still hasn't opened its borders. I can't come home because I wouldn't be able to come back to the US, which is frustrating. I have to go to a lot of therapy to get that straight in my head. But anyway, that aside, um, the property manager pulled out, said they didn't have time to do it. So now the big question that I'm thinking is, should I take all property management for my portfolio back in-house? That is a question that I haven't got the answer for you to today, but I'm thinking about it. I am thinking about it. Because it probably would be cheaper. So that's another dilemma that I have to sort out over the next couple of weeks. But for now, I'm just managing the Airbnb like I was, praying that nothing goes wrong because I haven't got any maintenance on the ground right now. Um, because my family aren't in Bath at the moment. I know, no, they're not in Bath at the moment. So I haven't got that on-call maintenance. So I'm just praying that nothing goes wrong, which isn't something that I would suggest anybody do whilst we get in place a formal solution. So watch this space. As we make decisions, I will let you know how it goes. So we go. It's a bit of an update from me this week of how everything is going. I hope you've taken something from that. I hope you've enjoyed my upbeat approach. I haven't been smiling throughout solving all of these problems, but there we have it. Property. It is what it is. <laughs> so remember, if you want to come to the webinar on the 26th of July, head to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash July 2021. If you've liked this podcast, please remember to subscribe and please leave it a review. I'd love to hear from you. You can also email me, Natasha, at ncrealestate.co.uk. If you've got any questions, if you've got any topics that you would like me to discuss. And you can follow me at Honest Property Investment on Instagram. Come and have a conversation. That's the podcast Instagram page. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.